Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, episode five, First and Pod. We will get into week two in a little bit. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends. Every team, every game, every week, either previewing or reacting to the game. That's what we do here. Pony. Thursday night football ended moments ago. I thought that was an AFC championship preview. We both liked the Chargers for the Super Bowl. That's the weirdest game of the season so far. And the funny thing is Herbstree and Michaels are still talking about it because the audio mix was so far off that the game actually ended a half hour ago, but they're still talking about the two-minute warning right now. Oh, my God. Like, like Twitter was in one place and then like you like I had a group chat going with a couple of buddies and I who have were in a picks contest in the in the circa picks contest and all three of us were 30 seconds apart from each other on the Amazon stream like it was such a weird and you can't change the channel with the game yep. being on Amazon so there's nothing you can do during commercials it was a that was a weird experience for a football game well the picture was great and I thought that the broadcasters, when it was synced up to the game, yeah, obviously Michaels is the GOAT, and Herb Street is fantastic on college football and will find himself. Some of the things he said about Herbert tonight were just ridiculous. Like, guy needs to come through late in games. Are you kidding me? Uh, the, what, what did he do on all those fourth downs in Week 18 last year against the Raiders? He was unbelievable. So I didn't get that part of it from him. But he'll, he'll find himself. This isn't Troy State Appalachian State game day, Kirby. Let's go. Yeah, and, and I, I thought the graphics were good, and like the use of like the next gen stats and analytics were good. It, it's gonna yep. be a it's gonna be a fine broadcast. They got to get the tech right. But man, what about on the field? What Pat, Pat Mahomes threw like four interceptable balls, all dropped. The first interceptable ball that Herbert throws is a ninety nine yard pick six. Yep. There are three punts by Brandon Staley from midfield. Andy Reid takes his timeouts into the half with 50 <laughs> seconds left. Yeah. What he what what are they doing? What happened? Who were right. those who were those coaches? Aren't those two of the five best quarterbacks in football? Well, Reid has been a nightmare with game management his entire career, so that part doesn't surprise me. But we were sold a bill of goods on Staley that he was going to be cutting edge with this crap, and he's not. He was awful. It's like he's he's kowtowed or he's gone in the opposite direction because of ex- external pressures or maybe his owners finally gave in and said enough is enough. We're not going to go all in on the analytics anymore. And plus, his offensive coordinator isn't very good. They got to get a new offensive coordinator. They play it way too close to the vest. They play it way too safe. They're trying to shove Austin Eckler down our throat in this game. I get it. They didn't have Keenan Allen, but still. Um I actually, I thought Herbert outplayed Mahomes, but I actually come out of this game feeling worse about the Chargers because their coaching scenario, 
obviously Herbert's ribs, and then the offensive lineman going down for L.A. too. Lindsley, who's great, the center, yep. and they lost their other tackle too. Yeah, I was going to mention Lindsley. I, it's so weird though. Like I bought, I bought it all with Brandon Staley, and you read about it, and it was like it's a mindset, and the team bought in, and if we fail the first time, we're going to do it the second. If we fail the second, we're going to do it the third. The only thing that I could think of was he was hyper-aggressive last year because there were injuries on defense and he had Herbert. So his logic was put an extra emphasis on my offense. And now he's got Derwin James back. He's got Khalil Mack. He has J.C. Jackson. Obviously, they have Bosa. Maybe he feels like he's a defensive coach by trade. Maybe he feels like he has a top-10 defense and he can play ball possession a little bit more. But punting from midfield on fourth and two with Justin Herbert when Pat Mahomes is on the other side, that that's insane for Mike McCarthy. It, it it's it's indefensible. I, I didn't, last I year he was going for fourth and two on his own twenty against Kansas City. That's what I'm saying. It was it was just so jarring. It was out of nowhere. And then you mentioned the ribs with Herbert, the third down scramble at the end of the game. He just like tosses the ball instead of taking another step or two. But then on the next play, fires a 30-yard laser down the field. Like, what the hell is going on in that game? I know. It didn't make any sense. I know. Mike Williams stepped up for Allen and was awesome. He played an excellent game. Kansas City, you know, if you go through their box score and their stats, it's like, how do they win? Mahomes had a pedestrian game. Uh, Kelsey didn't blow up. Juju did nothing. Justin Watson caught a long ball. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire probably had the best rushing performance since the week one game of his rookie year. I mean, it's it's not, you know, to be L.A., even a Chargers team that wasn't at full strength, you, you, you think fireworks, shootout, Mahomes is going to have to play A-plus football and be better than Herbert, but he wasn't. And for them, actually, I would spin that as a positive. We weren't even close to the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, and we still beat the team that's considered, if not, you know, Buffalo's probably their top contender. But then you, the Chargers, the odds makers said we're next. Yeah. So they played far from a perfect game and beat them, Danny. Yeah, you're you're right. And we'll get to the rest of the games here in just a second. I I thought that neither team played well. Like, it, Mahomes literally threw four or five balls that could have been intercepted. The Chargers could have won that game by 21, and they lost. But then the coaching stuff that you're talking about and the injury stuff that existed for the Chargers, like – I don't feel like you can feel good about that game and that performance for either of those teams. And I consider those two of the four best teams in the NFL. Right. Like I just, I, I expected a much higher level of football than we got tonight. And maybe it's just the Thursday night thing. Yeah. Th- Thursday night, early in the season, the, the whole thing. But like, it was just that those were, that was like C C minus games from, from both of those teams. I just, it was compelling. It was close. It was fun to have the new Amazon wrinkle. Uh, the jerseys looked great. There was star power everywhere. But I, I thought that was a horrible football game. I really did. All right. This week also, and I don't mean to just be negative here, but we get Chiefs and Chargers out of the way, and then we get the doubleheader on Monday night with Titans-Bills and Vikings-Eagles which, you know, Bills may be the best team, Vikings-Eagles, a point total like 54. It's not a very good 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central slate. Bengals-Cowboys, Bengals a seven-point favorite. Jerry Jones committed to Cooper Rush. You think that lasts after this game? Uh, I have a weird feeling Cooper Rush is not going to be the reason why the Cowboys lose this game if they even lose. So let's start there. Okay. Uh, I know that he's been cut and he was undrafted. And he's been in the NFL or on practice squad since 2017 in Dallas. But I liked what he did against Minnesota last year on Halloween night when he went in there and won. And I actually think, you know, we kind of got rushed into the Cowboys talk on our last show because they were the Sunday nighter. And then the Prescott stuff broke late for us. Yeah. But thinking back on that game, I actually think for a backup quarterback to get thrown in there, Their defense was very good against Tampa. Fournette had a monster game. Other than that, Bradian had 212 yards. All they did was kick field goals other than one touchdown. And if you look at the numbers, Elliott ran the ball well. 
they just got down in the game, so they turned into a passing team, and Prescott was terrible. So Cincinnati comes in. They couldn't block the Steelers. Now it's Micah Parsons. I think that line is way too big, and I think Rush is going to make Jerry Jones look good. It won't last. It'll be fleeting, but I think Rush actually plays a more than competent game on Sunday, Danny. I think you're what he has around him, it, you're right. I mean, they, they scored, what, three points? And C.D. Lamb didn't look very good. So all it'll take is a top three offense from Cincinnati to get out to a 14-point lead, which we know they can. And then they're going to be one-dimensional, and they're going to have to pass, and Hendrickson will get after them, and it's going to get ugly quick because it isn't a great pass-protecting offensive line for Dallas. Uh, my thing with Dallas is, is Jerry Jones telling the truth? Like, is, is Dak Prescott going to have surgery on his hand and miss three games? Like, is that is that actually possible? That reminds me of Russell Wilson last year, and he was not the same player after he came back. So right. I think that I think there's urgency there because Jerry's so old, and he doesn't like punting on seasons. So he's going to make, I think, a short-sighted decision on Dak Prescott that might affect him down the road. Yeah, I, it just how he's handled it publicly like, and everything that comes out about the Cowboys publicly is is weird because the owner is also the general manager who also calls into talk radio and hosts post-game press conferences. Yes. Like it's just, it's just <laughs> so, I it's, love. There's more transparency I, I, with that franchise than any team in the league. Yeah, I, oh, by, but then the rest of the league combined. Like it's, it is, it's unbelievable, but it, it also makes for a confusing flow of information sometimes where you're like, is he telling the truth or did he just like have too much Johnny Walker blue and he's telling us too much or is he, is he drunk? Like, I, I don't know what's going on, but it, so if that, da- if Dak is only out three weeks, then, and they, you know, they get Gallup back and you you're right and they steal a game or something with Cooper Rush Jason Peters gets activated and everything else yeah like maybe we buried him a little early but we initially thought six to eight weeks and he was missing all of those division games plus the Rams game yeah you know if, if he misses five weeks it's three division games Bengals and Rams so there's a huge difference between obviously missing three and missing five so my thing about Dallas has been are they are they real? But since he needs to look good in this game, everything is there for them after that game against uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Since he needs to come out and hang thirty five on the board, like I know Lawrence and Parsons are great pass rushers, and Watt was disruptive, but like this is this is a spot where Joe Burrow has to hang a big number, right? And I think they're such a young team still that some of the things that got said about them before the season started, are they a fluke? They were lucky. They never got hurt last year. Right. Yeah. I think there might be some doubt that gets created there. If they either win ugly or lose the game outright, that might not exist for other teams where they could have two bad games to start the year and be fine. And I'm just not convinced about that with them. Danny, your team plays Sunday night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers told an old lady at soldier field that he owned the bears. Uh, might, which might be an upgrade. Do, you, do they like ownership in Chicago? Do they like the uh, McCaskey it, it, family? It, it, Bears fans did not love being told that they were owned by Aaron Rodgers, but then in the next breath, they'd be like, eh, but he might do a better job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see if it's deja vu, because he sucked in week one last year and then was incredible the rest of the season. Uh, what do you think? Do the I Bears, think- have the Bears caught lightning in a bottle and does it happen two weeks in a row I don't I don't think so I I I think the Packers win I I think they probably cover I think they're a much better roster they're at home and not because of all the narrative stuff but and the Vikings made Aaron Rodgers very uncomfortable like their their pass rush got home the two tackles were out right but like Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn are good players. The rest of the front seven is pretty unproven. Yep. Like Dominique Robinson had a sack and a half. He's a rookie, ni- nice player. Uh, Travis Gibson, Kyrus Tonga. Like there, there's guys that like you kind of like a little bit, but the Bears front seven is not the Packers. And the Packers are getting healthier. We'll see which of their offensive linemen come back, which ones don't. You know, over the course of the next couple of weeks with Bakhtiari and Jenkins, but Lazard is expected to play. That's a huge deal. And I just think that 
Green Bay at home with Dylan and Jones against the Bears front seven that doesn't have Akeem Hicks or Khalil Mack anymore. I think yeah. they're going to run at will, and then you're going to bring the safety into the box, and then Rodgers hits you over the top. And and he just owns – he beat, he beats the Bears. He just does. It's what, it's what the guy does. So I'll believe it till I see it that it's going to go the other way. Yeah, I think the weather and Lance making his first start with the pressure on him to be the guy with the great equalizer in week one, and we know that that doesn't exist uh, for this game. Right. So Buck Saints, this is a fun game because there's just so much weirdness that, that can happen here. Like New Orleans oddly has Tom Brady's number, and it's not a small sample, so it's a trend that we have to at least consider being relevant. Do you think it continues? New Orleans mastery of Brady, you do? I do, actually, yeah. I think that, you know, of all the things that might be question marks on the New Orleans end of things, you know, the defense, because it's Allen who's the head coach there, with largely the same personnel group, like there's not, to me, as much, you know, much of a question or wonderment about, like, do they have the ingredients or do they have the personnel to, to make it a tough day for Brady. He's got five receivers on, on the injury report. They are banged up. They did not look good offensively in week one other than the running back. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to win the game. Godwin's not going to play. So I think you add that up. It's in the dome. I give New Orleans more than a puncher's chance to win the game. And I think for the second consecutive week, Brady just puts up okay numbers. Yeah, so New Orleans is 4-0 against Brady uh, since he's been in Tampa in the regular season. They've won seven straight overall in the regular season. Tampa did get him in the playoffs, obviously, in the divisional round. I don't know, man. Like, I just – Jameis and Dennis Allen against Tom Brady. I know it's surface-level analysis, but I it seems hard to believe, even though we've seen it before. The New Orleans thing – go ahead. No, I, he's not a good – he has not been a good road quarterback in Tampa. Right. I know he went on the road and won. It sounds stupid because that's what they did to win the Super Bowl. They won three road games. Right. But if you look at him against the spread and you pull up splits home and road, they're more pronounced than they are with most great quarterbacks since he's gone to the Bucks. It's just facts. What do you make of how New Orleans, like, so Michael Thomas has two touchdowns. They use a first-round pick on Alave. Kamara's back healthy. And Taysom Hill was awesome. In his role, he had like 80 yards on four carries in week one. Like, if Jameis can figure out how to get Kamara involved, and he really has not been great at that, like throwing the running backs out of the backfield, and his career is much more of like a downfield, stretch the field guy, it does feel like they could be a top 10 offense when you think about all the skill position guys that they have there. It's yeah, great. You're, le- you're leaving out Landry, too, who hit a big one right. in that game, and he's not known as a downfield guy. Now, Kamara, we don't know how healthy he is for this game. He's been on the injury report all week. Uh, you're right to say what you did there about the way that he uses running backs out of the backfield. The other thing, too, about this game is that you were all over the fact that the Bucks' offensive line was in flux, not the same as last year. I think the Saints' front is way more imposing than the Cowboys. Obviously, Parsons is a problem, but as an overall unit, I think they'll get home with four guys, and I think that that takes Brady out of his game, which makes the, you know, what what does Jameis have to do? I don't think they're going to have to score a lot of points to win this game, Danny. It's a huge game early for my, uh, that I gave out on the NFC preview pod for Saints to win the division. Yeah, Saints Saints plus 350 uh, to win the division, given that they stole that game week one against the Falcons. So, So huge spot here. All right, your team, this game, might be unwatchable. Uh, (laughs) Steelers, Patriots, Tomlin, Belichick. Where's the coaching edge here in this game? Well, I still think it's with Belichick, and I know I've called the guy senile, and I think he's lost his fastball. But hear me out on this. Tomlin has had Patriots paranoia ever since he inherited the team from, from, from Bill Cowher. They practice differently. They go into these games differently. They walk on eggshells. Like, this is a coach that said after a game that he had the Patriots radio broadcast in his headset. He buys into all of the Spygate crap and all the extra stuff that New England does. You add on top of that that he's going into this game without his best player, T.J. Watt, and he is scared to death for Mitch Trubisky to try to take the game over and do anything more 
than just hand the ball off, throw the ball out of bounds if he has to, punt. The only time he's allowed to make a play is when a guy's offside and it's literally a free play. When that's the mindset of the Steelers, I just don't trust them against Belichick. Belichick's defense, his offense is another story, but I don't see them scoring any points against Belichick's defense. It feels like 17 is enough to win. The total's 40 and a half. I'm aware. I'm aware. And I like the under. (laughs) These teams, dude, New England's offense, I I think what we saw last week against Miami, we're going to see quite a few of those going forward. Mac Jones is just not a player that elevates guys around him, and they have almost no skill position talent to speak of. And then there's Mitch, like you said, they don't trust him. Is Najee Harris playing? Is he playing? Yes, but I think that's a mistake. I think he's going to get pushed out there and forced out there because they want to beat New England. And they've got Cleveland on Thursday coming up after that. So I don't get the urgency there, but I think they'll force the issue, and I wouldn't be surprised if he left the game with an injury again, Danny. Yeah, I I, I want no part of watching this game. I, I think this I think that game is going to be very, very hard on the eyes. Uh, I, I know I just said your team for the Steelers because you're in Pittsburgh and that's who you cover, but the team that you were a fan of, uh, the Giants, Panthers-Giants, you in? You thinking the Giants are a sneaky playoff team after week one? This is early in the season for them. If you want to get buy-in from the New York media and from Giants fans who are just begging to be interested, it's not going to take much to get Giants fans in because they've been out for so long. You have to beat the Panthers at home. You have to beat a coach who's on the hot seat, a quarterback that's on his second team, and just blew his revenge game at home to his old team with a backup quarterback. You cannot lose. This has been the type of game that the Giants, since 2016, the last time they made the playoffs, they have made a habit of losing games like this. Whenever there's even a dash of belief. Like, remember they went to Seattle with Colt McCoy, and it looked like they might win that division at 7-9, and nine, and then they just crapped the bed like the last three games of that season? Even at 1-0, at they won in such exciting fashion. There will be a lot of attention on them this week, and they can't screw it up, Danny. But that's all they do. They screw up games like this. Doesn't matter who the coach or quarterback is. They find a way to lose games like this. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. Yeah, my favorite week one stat was probably that the Chiefs had 33 first downs on 66 plays against the Cardinals. But then my second favorite week one stat was that it's the first time the Giants have had a winning record since 2016 at 1-0. <laughs> that's that's just spectacular. And listen, I think Matt Rule's probably the worst coach in the NFL, or at least I did until I saw Nathaniel Hackett on Monday night. Uh, I would have fired him in, on the spot. We'll get to them in a little bit. But I think Carolina's better. I still don't I, – I just – I don't buy the Giants. I don't buy Danny Dimes. I don't buy their their defense. I, I understand that Carolina got shredded by my guy Nick Chubb, and now Saquon looks amazing. So Saquon could come in and have 200 yards from scrimmage and just be the best player on the field. I don't trust him. I, 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 I don't – you don't trust Saquon? I don't trust the Giants. Right, okay, exactly. I don't trust the – I, I – this is like a classic gambler fallacy or whatever, but I, I think the wrong team's favored. Yeah. I bet Carolina plus two and a half. I, I just, I think they are a more talented team, period. And I don't trust the Giants. I'm with you. I think the, I think the Giants fans are going to be angry on Monday morning. How about this game? Dolphins and Ravens in Baltimore. Which team is closer to being an AFC contender? <laughs> I still think the Ravens. I think that they are the more talented one through 53. I like Lamar way more than I like Tua. I love what Mike McDaniel represents, but Harbaugh is a top five coach in the NFL. I am floored how many sharp people I'm seeing pick Miami plus three and a half. It makes I'm one me, of them. I, it makes me think I'm wrong. Like it, it, I, I loved Baltimore. I bet Baltimore. And then I consume the content over the course of the week like I do. And a ton of people like Miami. And, okay, I guess I'm wrong. Because most of the sharp money and the sharp people that I follow and interact with say that Miami's the right side of it. Explain it to me. Well, because I think, and you could say maybe the same thing about Miami because the Patriots offense was terrible in disarray. Yeah. But I honestly think, 
last week, there's probably about 20 teams that would have beaten the Ravens. They got to play Joe Flacco. They got to play the Jets. They did Ravens not play seven points. Okay, so that's one team they would have beaten. Okay. They would have be- they would have beaten Arizona. Arizona was terrible against Kansas City. Yeah. There might there might be two or three other teams. I thought the Ravens, I went back and I watched that entire game. I could not have been more unimpressed. Like Bateman got behind their uh, secondary breakdown wide open. Jackson threw it to him. Touchdown. Duvernay caught a nice ball, but their offense never Andrews did nothing. They couldn't run the ball. Jackson had 17 rushing yards. Yeah, he only ran it six times. Flacco can't move, and they couldn't protect for him for more than two seconds. So that's how the Ravens won the game. Brees Hall fumbled. I mean, they did not look good. And you just see all those weapons for Miami and figure, well, hell, if Mike McDaniel can outcoach Bill Belichick in his first game, why can't he do it again on Sunday against Baltimore? I just think that they're much more talented than New England, man. I, I think New England is bad. I think that they're going to be a bottom 10 offense in the NFL, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're a bottom 10 team at New England, and Bill Belichick's picking in the top 10. Like I, I think that's very in play for New England. But, hey, Ty- Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell combined for 12 catches for like 168 yards and a touchdown last week. Talking about guys who can make their quarterback look better. Like I think Lamar is significantly better than Tua, but obviously Tua has significantly better weapons than than uh, it's it's the game I'm most interested in watching, frankly. Like it, to to me, it's the it's the game where which one of these teams, whoever wins, they will absolutely be able to talk about themselves as an AFC contender. Commanders and Lions. You liked Washington before the season. I liked Detroit before the season. We both had enough in Week One to validate our, our opinions, even though the Lions lost to, to the Eagles. They scored, what, 35 points. Yep. Uh, do the Lions deserve to be favored in this game? I'm guessing you're going to say no. No, I actually think they do. Really? I do, yeah. Um, you like I'm Washington. Not, I do. Because you have to realize something. I said I liked Washington to make the playoffs because there's an objectively bad team that makes the playoffs every year. And they get off on, like, schedule luck, they run into teams at the right time. They win like two or three games where they get out gained, but they win the turnover battle and kick a last second field goal, stuff like that. I think that's true of Washington. I'm picking them to go like nine and eight. So you, you flip a coin almost every time they play. And I didn't come out of the game against Jacksonville impressed. I mean, they barely beat a team that's lost 18 straight games on the road. You know, I'm not saying that, dude. I don't. Neither, neither of these teams are very good. They're they're obviously crazy flawed. I I did come out of the Washington game a little bit more impressed with Wentz's ability to spread the ball around and the different playmakers. Yeah, their and, weapons didn't look half bad. Curtis Samuel and Jawan Dotson and those guys. I agree. Yeah, with that. Like it, it was more than McLaurin and Gibson. That that impressed me. Um, but you're right. Jacksonville is abysmal. They're Six and thirty-six in their last forty-two games. It's not an impressive win. Uh, I also think there's this facet to this game. Okay. This is a gotta have it game for Detroit. Yeah. Washington can lose. They're one and one. They've won their home game. Yeah, Detroit sucked, and they were the last winless team last year. But whatever, you come out of your first two games five hundred. If Detroit loses its first two games at home, and one of them is to Washington. Will uh, Campbell's full of shit. I mean, that's the way that's going to look. I think that's the way it's going to come off. You yeah, got- I mean, they were supposed to win five or six games this year, so losing to Philly, who people thought could be the one seed, as one of those two losses, like it, it'd be a bad loss. Is this a ridiculous thought that DeAndre Swift matters more as a running back? Then like people, no one would say DeAndre Swift's the top five running back in the NFL, but that guy looked electric against Philly. And I now he like, might not play. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the rest of what Detroit does is not, they don't have a, a bunch of good playmakers. Like they don't have a lot of speed or athletes. The rest of it is very much like Dink and Dunk and Jared Goff and you know, all <laughs> that, like Armand St. Brown and Hawkinson or whatever, like, Swift is 
a game-changing athlete. Yep. So if he can't go, I just feel like it makes them – they're not good offensively, but it makes them very pedestrian and bad offensively. So I think Swift matters more than people would uh, would give him credit for. Cardinals, Raiders, two teams that lost in week one. This is kind of like a fun, bad matchup as, as I look at it. Who do you have winning? Which team bounces back? I have the Raiders as my lock of the week. I love. I think the, the line's too. five and a half. I think it's going to only go up, so I would try to lock that in now. I think they blow them out. I think their problem last week was they couldn't protect Carr against that Chargers pass rush, and so Carr got sacked a bunch. Mack had a bunch of sacks. He threw three interceptions. We know the Cardinals can't get to the quarterback. J.J. Watt's hurt. Chandler Jones is going to suit up for the other team in this game, and they're at home. I think with with time to throw, I think Car- no one knows the corners on the Cardinals. They're nondescript players ever since Patrick Peterson left. I think they're going to. I think they're going to score forty. I think it's going to be a blowout. Man, you and I are in lockstep, which terrifies me. My top <laughs> thing. My top thing that I wrote for this game is the Cardinals uh, cannot take advantage of the Raiders' offensive line. Like sometimes it's an X's and O's. It's a matchup league, and the Raiders lost by five to the Chargers, who we think. I know they just had an unimpressive performance in terms of like how they played, but they're still a damn good team and a damn good roster. And the Raiders were competitive with them in that game and were able to hang with Bosa and Matt coming off the edge. That's not what Arizona blitzed Pat Mahomes 54% of the time. I know you were told me that last week. I was flummoxed by that. That made no sense. Yeah. Well, so like they're, they're not well coached. They don't have a good pass rush. They don't have the better quarterback, and they're on the road. Yep, and they have no answer for Devontae Adams. That's a, it's a terrible matchup <laughs> for 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 Arizona. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I love the Raiders in the spot, and I agree it'll get to seven. Do you think in Rams Falcons? Do you feel like this has to be a style points game? In college football, it's not just about winning. Some games you got to blow out the other team to make an impression. Were the Rams so bad? In week one, that they need to not just beat Atlanta. They need to humiliate Atlanta on Sunday to get back in people's good graces. No. No. no I do you not. say no to that. Why? No. Here's why I say no to it, Pony. What do they have on their finger? They're the champs. Why don't you have your wedding band on? I take it off as soon as I walk in the door. <laughs> I hate it. I hate wearing it. It's the worst. Do you enjoy wearing it? Well, I just can't do the on-off thing because I'm convinced I'd lose it if I do it that way. That'd if be I'm, great. I would, if, I'm, I, if I'm constantly taking mine off every day, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, I take mine off the second I walk in the door. Hmm. It's a it's a public statement of commitment. In the house, we're paying this mortgage together. We're raising these kids together. <laughs> we have this dog together. We we absolutely know that we are locked in here. All right. Yeah, I do not. I do not need to wear that ring when I'm in my own damn. So house. because they won last year's Super Bowl, they can skate by and lose games like this or barely win, and that's well, all I, good. I did not. I, no, no, no. I did not say they could lose. They absolutely need to beat the Falcons in this game. If they lose to the Falcons, they're the biggest story in the NFL. That the Super Bowl champs have started zero and two, and a team that we thought was going to be a bottom three team in the league just beat the champs. But I don't. If if the if the Rams just like start the season slow for some reason, a Super Bowl hangover, whatever, it, it happens all the time. They win the game by, you know, four, seven points, something like that. We're not going to remember that in a couple of weeks if they then go on a four or five game winning streak. I'll tell you this, though. I'll be shocked if that happens with, with the extra rest and all of that going up against Atlanta. Well, to that's me, what I mean. Well, but it, it's so I, I'll just I'll be very surprised if that happens. If it does happen, we'll think. Man, the Fal- the the either the Falcons are a little bit better, Rams are a little bit worse. We'll be we'll be watching it, but I will not be writing off the Rams after two games. But the flip side though is, man, if the Falcons do just hang tough, we try to figure out before the year like who can we pick against in Survivor Pool every week. Like who are the worst? I I had Texans at thirty two, Falcons at thirty one, and the Falcons blew a sixteen point lead to the Saints. So if they hang with the Rams 
with extra rest, I'm almost going to be more uh, impressed by a close loss or a cover by the Falcons than I would be concerned about the Rams. With it, with, with I, I got to push back a little bit on the Rams stuff. Please. If they, if if we're doing this for Monday morning, and the final score of that game is like 17-14 Rams, yeah, and they needed to sweat blood to win that game, there is no way. I'll speak for myself. I'm just fluffing that off to well. They'll they'll shake off the cobwebs and they'll be fine in like a week or two. I I'm not going to do that because we talked about at the beginning of the year. Are, were we going to look at the Stafford elbow thing as something that was like a media creation or a real problem? If he's not sharp in this game or they can't protect him against Atlanta and they barely win, I absolutely will take that as something that you can extrapolate and apply to future games, and I'll think less of them for it, Danny. Fair enough. I'll be surprised if it continues be like for a long stretch of time. It, it just we see Super Bowl hangovers all the time. We see teams sleepwalk in this spot. Like get it, getting a win in week two for uh, the champs is is going to be fine for them. Yeah. All right, along those same lines. Here we go. The Broncos and the Texans. Yeah, we neither one of us like the Broncos. But and now I hate them. I was just going to say, were the gaffes on Monday night so pronounced and so bad where you are now discounting them and writing them off even more? Of course. You know why? They have an idiot as a head coach. <laughs> Pony. I tried to tell you that. And the you said, Lord. oh, they swear by this guy. Oh, they loved him in Green Bay. I, I know. know you think he's some Syracuse lackey who just basically mopped floors in Green Bay. That's not true. All my people tell me they swore by him. Well, I you're know. coming around to my side, Danny. All it took oh. was one game. All, all, all it took was the most indefensible in-game coaching decision that we've seen in years. Hey, but he fessed up to it and admitted he made a mistake. Isn't that cute? And Isn't he only, that refreshing? And he only kind of fessed I up know. to it. I agree well, with you on that, too. Um, There is no defense for Nathaniel Hackett. And the Walmart family just bought the Broncos. If Nebraska can pay Scott Frost $15 million instead of waiting three more weeks to pay him $7.5 million to go away, the family that did not even own the team when Nathaniel Hackett was hired can absolutely just buy out this dude's contract and say, nope, we messed up. We're cutting our losses. It's over. Like They should. That's what I'm saying. So, of course, I've downgraded the Denver Broncos. A third of the coaches in the NFL are bad. We know this. It happens every year. They get fired. So, like, it's obviously within the realm of possibility that Nathaniel Hackett just got overpromoted, and I need to see a lot more. So, yes, I have downgraded. Listen, I had them as fourth in the division anyway, so it's hard to downgrade them even yep. more. But now, I nine wins? Hell no. So, this is going to be the test for me against Houston at home as far as he goes. I think that guys like Sean McVay and, to a lesser extent, Zach Taylor, because he's not revered or regarded in the same breath or same light, I think both of those guys don't get enough credit for the offensive concepts and play calling, not so much like, you know, game management stuff, but like the actual offensive uh, ideas yeah, the they most bring important the part of coaching. Yeah, like right. the game plan, week to week, yeah. And they don't get enough credit for that, and then they get overrated, actually, for the decisions they make in-game. I think McVay makes mistakes all the time. Like, horrible, mistra- egregious mistakes. I want to see if Hackett's the same way. Hackett should go, they should come up with a game plan where they score, we effed up in the red zone twice, I screwed up, that's my first home game as a coach, we're playing a doormat, Go to hang fucking 40 points on these guys. You know what I mean? I, like, it, that's how he redeems himself. Well, I, I mean, no, no, like no, no, you no, can't no. believe. No, dude, dude, we're going to be, we're going to be talking about that. If Nathaniel Hackett could go into the, to the hall of fame and it's going to come up. Okay. This guy could win the next five Super Bowls, and we're not going to forget that kick. By now, the way, I told you to bet Seattle for that reason. He didn't listen to me. Yeah, I didn't. I did not listen to you. And that's why, no, I, listen, I love that logic of hanging uh, those points on, on Houston, but we're absolutely not going to forgive him 
if he beats the worst team in the NFL by scoring 40. And I will just say, Davis Mills, I don't see any scenario where if they have a top three pick, they don't take a, a new quarterback just based on pedigree. But again, he had, what, a 17-point lead against the Colts as an eight-point dog and had a couple of touchdown passes, got O.J. Howard involved. Like, he's not the worst quarterback in football. It's crazy. He should uh, be, but he's not. We thought Geno Smith might be. Yep. He beat Russell Wilson. The 49ers lost to your Bears. They play on Sunday. Is the gap between those teams a lot smaller than we thought it was preseason? I think the gap between the best team and the worst team in the NFL is always like fairly small. So we can start with that premise, right? This isn't college football where a team's going to be a 30-point favorite in any spot. But I think the Niners crush them this week. I, I think that the Niners are good. I think that the Niners will be able to run the ball. I think the Niners' defense is top five in the NFL. I think that the Niners were on the road in a monsoon in yep. Trey Lance's third ever start with all of the pressure of Jimmy Garoppolo being there. And great moment for Geno Smith. I love the idea. I love the line. Like, they all wrote me off and I didn't write back. Like, good for him. He had that moment on Monday Night Football. And now is the reckoning. I, I think I think the Niners win by 17 or more. I think they crush them. Yeah, I was going to make an analogy here, but I'm going to use my I'm, – I'm going to self-censor myself because something popped into my head, and I don't want to say it now. It's a podcast. Can I still say it? I'll I mean, clean it up. I'll clean it up. I'll clean it, I'll clean it up a little bit. Boo. Like, basically what happened was Pete Carroll slept with a 10 Monday night. <laughs> And he's stepping out on his wife, and he goes home, and she expects him to perform with her the next morning. Like, you can't follow up. (laughs) Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, they played a game on a Monday night. It's a short week to begin with. They've got to go on the road. He's an emotional coach. How How the fuck does he coach his team up like, I think they've gotten – my point is I think they've got nothing left. You, th- you think they have nothing left after one game? No, I mean, like, I mean, as far as coming back and playing the, the, the next week. Yeah. I think they emptied the tank completely in that game. I think they've got nothing for San Francisco. I think you're right. I think that this will be the biggest blowout in the NFL this weekend. I'm convinced of that. Seattle won their Super Bowl on Monday. They're do- That's it. Season made. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I so so big, bigger blowout than Raiders Cardinals. Yes. Okay. I think if you asked Pete Carroll, would you rather go eight and nine or go one and sixteen and beats and beat Russ? He would take that for sure, a hundred percent. And get the number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. You got there in like a kind of graphic roundabout way, but I think I think there was like turbulence on the landing. Like I think this would have been one of those landings where you were shitting your pants because I've flown with you before and it's not very comfortable. But then they would have touched down and you're like, all right, they landed yeah. the plane. You landed the plane on that analogy, Pony. Jets Browns. Do you believe that week one showed us anything that the Browns can stay in the AFC playoff picture with Jacoby Brissett? Uh, I don't know why there hasn't been more conversation about how bad Jacoby Brissett was in that game. Because people don't care about him. Okay. I'm just saying, like... But the Browns were one of the most talked about teams the entire offseason, and we know why. And part of it was... They're they're, they're talked about because of the guy who's not there, not because of the guy who is. Well, wait a minute. If before... If before um, Garoppolo signed that deal... If they were a team that people said, go get Garoppolo, why wouldn't that conversation still exist right now? What, I, I, that's what I don't get. Why wouldn't they still be in the – after I watched Percent, that's the first thing I would have done if I were Andrew Barry. I would have called up San Francisco and said, well, wait a minute. You're interested in trading him to the Cowboys? Well, talk to us first. Trade him out of conference. Because if he's got to start another 10 games, they're lucky if they win three or four more. He's that bad. Even with their run game – and their defense. He's awful. He's. I, did you watch him? 
I did not see much of it. I will be honest with you. I I, I kept. I told you, man. I was not. In, I mean, I saw. I saw enough to know that neither of those teams that played last week, Carolina or Cleveland, neither of them are very good. Danny, he faked a spike. I saw took that two steps back and spiked it again. And if not for officiating incompetence, they'd be 0 1 right now. He would have yes. lost them the game. I saw it. I mean, Nick Chubb had 141 yards. They can run the ball, they can rush the passer. That's a decent formula. I'm to... not sure they can run the ball in the Jets. The Jets' well, run defense showed up against Baltimore. No, I, I, I understand. But I would I would think that Nick, we, we talked about Dobbins being hurt last week and Lamar not running the ball. He only ran the ball six times. Yeah. Threw it for three touchdowns against the Jets. So the the Browns are going to go down running the ball. They are going to do everything in their power to not put the game in Jacoby Brissett's arm. So do I think they can stay in the race? D- define that. Like you have you have extra wildcard teams, seven teams make the playoff. Like if if eight and nine is the seven seed in the AFC, do I think that they can sniff that? When Deshaun Watson's coming back week 12 or week 13, whatever it is, like, yeah, probably. But the key to those games is going to be two teams score early, right? Like if the Jets return an opening kickoff or yeah. if they if they if they get up 10-0 because of a turnover, a fumbled snap, you know what I mean? I and, agree with you on that. And, and Brissett has to throw the ball 35 times, then of course they're in trouble. But I, I do think the Browns are gonna be able to run on most of the teams in the league. Okay, we put this game last, which I don't really disagree with or really agree with, but regardless, will Jacksonville continue to own the Colts? Will they continue to terrorize the Colts in this spot, AFC South game? I have a lot of thoughts on this game. I think yes. Okay. I think yes, they will. And we talked about how if you go, if you just look at the numbers and you didn't look at the score, just the stats. Right. You would have thought the Colts blew out the Texans. So they're better than their tie indicates in that respect. And obviously their roster is much better than Houston's and debatable if it's much better than Jacksonville. But I just have a weird feeling that they're going to lose this game again. I just have a very odd feeling that they're going to be the they're going to be one of the teams that we look at it at 0-2 and, and think okay, shitty start against bad teams, but they'll still find a way to get it together and make the playoffs. Almost by default because of the division, really. If if they lose this game, I probably will bet the Colts to win the division Um, and and try to to buy the bottom. Right. All right, explain this to me. The Colts are an eight-point favorite against the Texans in week one. They have 517 yards of offense. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Jaguars? Yep. Both games on the road, Jacksonville, no home field advantage to speak of. You're telling me that Jacksonville's four-and-a-half points better than any team in the NFL? They what? Based on what? They haven't proven that. Like I liked what they did in the offseason. They upgraded a coach. They spent a bunch of money in free agency. But buying players through free agency is not how you build a team. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. Like I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be awesome. But that's because it's like – he has all the physical tools and he looks like a franchise quarterback. He looks like the creative player in like NCAA video games or Madden video games and all that. He might not be great yeah. at processing and reading defenses. He has not proven to be great. Shaquille Leonard is coming back in this game. We'll see what happens with Buckner on the injury report. Like huge key players uh, for the Colts defense are on the injury report. So that's obviously, you know, a variable from when we're recording to when the inactives come out uh, on Sunday morning. But the Colts should have won week one. If Alec Pierce doesn't drop a wide-open touchdown, they win that game. They probably should have scored 30. They scored 20. They tied Houston. It was a really weird game. I don't believe that they're four and a half points difference between the Jaguars and the Texans, at least at this point. I think the Colts win. I think they cover. I think that just like sanity gets restored that the best roster in the AFC South beats the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars yeah well that's all fine and dandy but I feel like from what I've heard the numbers don't really Ryan did not play as well as the numbers suggest 
Because think about it. How, did, how many points did they have? Three in the fourth quarter? I know there were stupid turnovers and a bad snap exchange or something was involved in that. But he, I mean, he, yeah, he, he fumbled a snap. There was the, the drop uh, touchdown right. by, by Pierce, the second round pick out of Cincinnati. It was a weird, it was a weird, that was a fluky game, man. That was a, that was a weird, weird, weird game. I don't I, think the Colts are that bad. Well, I don't think they're that bad either, but. At some point, as someone that has been buying stock in Jacksonville, I have to expect ROI at some point here. And so at home against the team that's really picked to win your division, not Tennessee, you own them in these matchups, beat them again. Beat them again. Okay. There's no intimidation factor. There shouldn't be. So if, in fact, if I'm Jacksonville, I would feel like I have a quarterback advantage in this game. I would. Even yeah, though Ryan's more accomplished. Yeah, it's two number one picks, and one of them has been in the NFL for 100 years, and the other should be in his prime. If they don't have the quarterback edge, they got a huge problem. I got one bonus one for you. Okay. What's the what's the best game on Sunday? What's the most watchable game? This is a weak slate for week two, man. <laughs> um, what is the most watchable game? You know, I think it's probably Bucks and Saints. You do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably Bucks and Saints. I I think I'm most intrigued by Dolphins Ravens. But like I said off the top, Chiefs Chargers out of the way and the double dip on Monday night football. This yep. is a this is a you got to love it Sunday. And thankfully for us we do. So, we'll be watching 11 hours of football and neglecting our family and then doing a podcast. But Danny, there was more. There was more swearing on this one, and I'm okay with that. I think we need to continue to ramp it up. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, man. Subscribe, rate, review, share it. Tell your friends if they love the NFL and degeneracy. Hang out with First and Pod. Thanks to Spencer. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. We will talk to you Sunday night after Bears and Packers. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey Company.